in a cold, dank dungeon, <laughs> deep within the mountain, only few sounds are to be heard. One sound is the incessant dripping of water from a leaky part of the stone underbelly. Another is the constant murmuring of a man who speaks only in rhyme. And the third is the footsteps of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> making its way across the stone wet floor. <laughs> Buzzy? Buzz. Hey, but where are, you gotta stay close enough to me. You you're not I'm trying to find the cat, Grim. It's gotta be down here somewhere where it's dark and I, I think cats are like night animals, right? I, so it's probably hunting mice. I know, but it's kind of spooky down here. It's I'm I think we're I think we left the the original path. I think we left the, the quest. No, no, I this is all part of the map, I'm sure. As the peanut butter jelly sandwich pads through the stone corridors and uh, the the tiny techno gremlin, uh, a goblin-like creature with cool sci-fi goggles and equipment jangling on their body, runs after him. The murmuring voice of the man speaking only in rhyme begins to ring louder. Grem looks over her shoulder trying to make out the source of the creepy sound speeding up as best she can and, and fi finally turns the corner and sees her brother, the sandwich, <laughs> at the end of the corridor. He's stopped and he's looking around the next corner, petrified. I've got a message, secret message for you, but I'll only tell it if you tell me what's true, rings the voice through the halls. Grim looks back again, it really seems like this person is coming closer, so she makes the last few leaps and reaches Buzzy, the sandwich, um, and puts her hands on his shoulders and Whatever says... Whatever the shoulders of a sandwich are. <laughs> exactly, and says... Where's that voice coming from? Also, why, why did you stop here? I... Buddy? I don't know. And as Grem follows the eyes of the sandwich, whatever a sandwich's eyes might be, as Grem follows her brother's gaze, she sees a huge cavern opening up in front of them. And two beady eyes near the top, unmoving. And then a grin opens up from the dark. Can you tell me what's green? Can you tell me what's red? Do you know what I'm thinking of in my head? And smash to black. That's our opening scene. Jam the music. <laughs> Welcome back. To Story Jazz, the 100% improvised show. Narrative with your hosts. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with your hosts, Sam. And Softy. It's lovely not to see or hear you all. Uh, we've been looking forward to jump back into the world of Fourth Life for quite a while now. For those of you who don't remember or never experienced Fourth Life, this was a virtual adventure following two siblings and their exploits in the virtual realm of Fourth Life, in which 
anything is possible. Which is a really good premise for an improvised story, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> so for all of you who are new to this, um, this is probably still a good episode to start out with. It's going to be a quick romp. It's just a one-off based on one of our previous worlds, uh, including some of the, the characters, the beloved characters from that previous world. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy a mini jazz in the world of Fourth Life. Now, um, as you might have been able to tell from that cold open, if you're a hardcore friend, we are venturing into the quest that Buzzy and Grem played long time ago, actually in Third Life, right? It's true. This is actually, true, yeah. Third Life. Took place in a previous uh, iteration of the Fourth Life saga. So... A brief recap, uh, little, little Buzzy was first getting used to the virtual worlds being guided there by his sister, Grem. And the first quest that he went on in order to explore his newfound virtual powers was... The, uh, save... What was it? The find the lost kitten of the <laughs> I princess I was hoping you castle. would remember. Uh, it, <laughs> it's I, such a I'm long title. Sure to save the... The lost kitten, kitten. From the lost kitten of the princess in the castle. Maybe um, we can roll a clip from that episode to, like, you know, remember. Yeah, insert clip here. What kind of quest would you like? My name's Frank. I'd be happy to help you. <laughs> How about a find the lost kitten of the princess in the castle? That seems more along our lines. Yeah. What uh, difficulty level would you like this quest to be? This quest goes from difficulty one to six. Let's try six. I'm ready. Six it is. And Grem says, let's try one. Can we try one? Absolutely. Here you go. If you affix this parchment to the outside of the door, it should enable the quest to begin for you. And then you just hop through. And Buzzy and Grem jump into the door. They touch the cold stone floor of a castle and hear the wails of a young lady who runs up to them and says, Have you seen Mr. Mittens? He's my favorite kitten. And Grem goes, Oh, this is one of those quests that are completely in rhyme, isn't it? Oh, jeez. And uh, Buzzy is totally enthralled and goes, Oh, I'll find Mr. Mittens for you, princess. And runs off and says, Come on, Grem, let's find this cat. Wow, wow, what, what a, a great, funny clip. Wow, man. <laughs> That's a <laughs> great clip. Uh, what a great fun. Oh, man. I, you know, I really need to listen to Story Jazz. What a great show. Yeah, it, I've heard good things. <laughs> um, let's jump right back in. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, cross my fingers, hoping to make NPC dialogue here all sort of rhyme. Yes, sort we of. we really dug a hole for ourselves there. Um, the moment we said, oh, yeah, this is one of those early quests where everything rhymes. I mean, hey, it could be fun. At least we don't have to do iambic pentameter. Yes, I'm not doing that. We um, don't have to, but like, if you want. I actually like iambic pentameter. I'm just not about to improv in iambic pentameter right now. <laughs> I can improvise with iambic pen to matter, but it will not make much sense. Hey, that was pretty good, actually. That was. At the end there. That was. You totally bumbled <laughs> pentameter, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, words are meant to be bumbled. This has been a really long intro. Shall we jump into the show? Here we go with a mini jazz. Fourth life, colon, save the lost kitten of the princess. <laughs> princess the, 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 the castle. The castle <laughs> Our longest title yet.
Do you remember the riddle? The oh, or you want to continue from our? Cold I want to continue from exactly from there. Okay, yeah, we sure. Just, we just introduced a, a, a spooky character telling a riddle. Wait, okay. It. So what was the riddle? Um, uh, something is green. Something is red. Do you know what I'm thinking of in my head? <laughs> so do you have an answer for this, or do you just no? Just fucking go with it. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, there is there are two beady eyes in a vast cavern built into the, this mountainside. Um, castle and these beady eyes and this grin are at the top of this cavern and they speak their riddle once again for the listeners who don't remember because I remember of course please softy give us the riddle not I'm gonna say it wrong for sure so say it wrong then okay what is green what is red do you know what I'm thinking of in my head Buzzy and Grim are petrified staring up at this creature whose voice just a moment ago seemed to come seemed to be coming from behind them it is fuzzy and huge its head seems to make up most of its body and it is dangling from the top of this uh like ancient uh hall (laughs) by a rubbery neck that is attached to the ceiling in any case the creature is blocking the path, swinging back and forth, gently and slowly like a pendulum. Behind it is a door with a big Roman numeral one on it. Buzzy, confused, looks at Graham (laughs) with as much of a confused facial expression as a sandwich can muster, I guess, um, and says, I was kind of expecting we'd like fight goblins and stuff. What, What is this? thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what I expected either, but um, do you remember whether we got from that that weird Frank guy, do you remember if we got the easy or the hard difficulty on this? <laughs> do you yeah, remember? I was looking forward to that question. Uh, I said six. I don't know how hard that is exactly. Great. Yep. Nope. That's... Because you right, said just... one and it, I think he was like, yeah, that's cool. We'll, that's what we'll do. So I assumed that we were doing one. Like, but well, just just stay just stay close to me, just in case things get a little. And she glances up at the swinging, smiling face from the ceiling. I have patience. I'm just fine. But will you find the kitten in time? In in time? In time for what? Graham, what's going to happen to the kitten if we don't find it? The big, fuzzy, dangling face responds, uh, Finding the creature. An impressive feat. Not finding it well. I'll have something to eat. And it laughs like, (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy, let's, um, all right, let's, let's figure out this riddle. Okay. Uh, green and red. What is in his head? Maybe his right, brain buddy. is like green and red. Like maybe his, right. like his specific species of 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 ceiling dangly heads has green and red brains. Okay, well, well ask him. Ask him. Um, hello, dangly sir. Do you happen to have green and red brains? <laughs> no, I don't, little sandwich. Oh boy, what rhymes with sandwich? <laughs> Wait, let me just let me just. No, I don't. Little boy, and you're running out of guesses. I'm getting annoyed. And he laughs again. <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay. Um. Wait. Uh. 
How many guesses do we have? I don't know, but I feel like if we keep asking him questions, it's going to get worse for us. So let's just think. Red and green, and in his head, he's on the end of a of a rubbery neck swinging back and forth. <laughs> um, buddy, we just need to come up with an answer for this riddle, okay? And then we can get by, and then we can figure out the next thing. We just gotta... Just anything that makes sense, or... Well, anything that seems clever enough to where the greater spirit of podcasting will accept us and let us go Okay, through. okay, gotcha, gotcha. So basically like a dungeon master in D&D. <laughs> <laughs> but he, they're also the player, and there's two of them. That sounds very difficult. <laughs> um, I'm getting impatient. Tell me the answer now, or else this grin may turn to a frown. That didn't really rhyme, sir, but that's okay. Um, we're going to come up with a clever answer now. Okay. So maybe it's not like red as in the color. Maybe it's red as in like reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is... And maybe it's green in the sense that it's like econo- ecologically positive, like it's like using sustainable energy. Wow. Your your <laughs> environmental science class is really... Yeah, yeah. Really advanced. I mean, people realized that environmental sciences were important after, you know, basically our economy collapsed due to a pandemic and stuff, which is the dark premise for this whole story. Um, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. All right. Um, so green is in ecologically self-sufficient or green maybe is in new, right? Is in... Right. New. That might make, make sense as well. Um, red. So it's a th- green. It's a new thing. That might be consist of text because it can be read, and it's all inside his head. Okay. Um, and then Graham looks up, and she says, "Is it your first book?" An awkward silence, <laughs> and the dangling head, fuzzy head creature. Somehow, its grin widens, and it goes. Yes, in fact, I just finished the first draft. Do you want to be my beta readers? <laughs> I've got a whole new one in the works. It's going to show you all how to build space heaters. Oh, shit. I forgot to rhyme the last line. <laughs> I rhymed it for you. You're good. Oh, my God. Beta readers, space heaters. <laughs> oh, my God. Great job, great job. You you rescued me there. That would have been embarrassing if people had known that I wasn't planning for you to rhyme beta readers. No, no, we don't need to know about your new book, but but you said you had a clue. Can you tell us the clue? Did I say I had a clue? That was the first that line. That was something I... Didn't mean to do. <laughs> didn't mean to do. Uh... Hey, yeah, you said you had a clue. Tell us the clue before we go through the door. Now we answered your riddle. Okay, I say. That one was a little forced. (laughs) By the way, my name's Huey. And then he goes (coughs) with his mouth and spits something out. (laughs) Patui! I thought he was going to hack a loogie. And the thing that he spits out is a hairball, like a cat's hairball. A cat's hairball. Okay, it falls um, to the stone stone floor with that, with that sh- in front of um, Buzzy and Graham's feet. Well, insofar as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich has feet, you know, yada, yada. <laughs> Graham reaches over to a, a rusted bar that's collapsed off of one of the fences, one of the gates, and she pokes the hairball once or twice. Wait, did you already eat the cat? <laughs> <laughs> 
and Buzzy looks up in shock, but uh, Huey, the fuzzy ceiling dangling head uvula you yeah the uvula the speaking uvula um folds in on himself and gets sucked up into the rubbery neck and into the ceiling leaving behind only a little puckered uh nipple nipple (laughs) exactly a little puckered nipple because he shrugs and reaches over and grabs the hairball sticky wet hairball and Hedgrab steps forward at first to go, wait, wait, uh, but nothing happens. I can feel the stickiness. Okay, um, why don't you just- Our and- equipment must be pretty good. <laughs> like, do they have haptic gloves or yeah, they not do. yet? In third life they do? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Grab's like, all right, just, and she opens up one of her cargo pant pockets because a techno gremlin would, of course, have cargo pant pockets. Okay. Um, she opens up a pocket and says, just, just put it in here. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll need it later. Okay, and- Buzzy drops it in and sees it, sees the hairball (laughs) slimily glide down inside the pocket. And he can just barely see it wink out of existence as it stops being rendered when Graham closes the pouch. As obviously there are many items in our inventory and putting something into a pocket is basically just a symbolic gesture. And so they go through the door marked with the Roman numeral one. It just opens. It just opens. They didn't the even try side. opening it when the when the dangly guy was still there. He There's was no guarantee. Spooky. He was There's spooky. no guarantee they couldn't have just passed him. Yeah, but he had a hint. He had a clue, right? That was the other part of it. What was the clue? The hairball. You invented the clue. Was it- <laughs> That's a prop. I didn't. I guess. Yeah. Okay. It's a clue now. Okay. Good. Good. The hairball is a clue. The clue. The hairball is a clue, meaning that. Okay. The thing you're looking for. Get this. It has something to do with hairballs. <laughs> um, the room they enter is a large arched chamber. It's made of stone with candelabras, chandeliers, and sconces all about the walls. Hundreds of them lighting the area in bright flickering flame. There's not a shadow in sight. And there's another door right across the room with a two on it. Buzzy and Grem look around for the source of the sound. Is somebody making margaritas? I freaking wish they would. My head feels like a chunk of wood. And out of seemingly nowhere behind one (laughs) behind a pillar yeah behind two pillars in fact two animated suits of armor step out into the center of this ballroom two or one two 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 sets of armor from separate pillars and one just said the thing about his head their head feeling like a chunk of wood and the other says Wait, we, we can we can wait. We can differentiate them because the one that just said their head feels like a chunk of wood has an arrow sticking out of the eye socket. Okay, great, great. <laughs> and the other one steps forward and says, "Your head feels like a chunk of wood because you took an arrow and you never thought you would." I rhymed two different kinds of wood. <laughs> I did the same thing the previous line. So far, our rhymes in this room have been wood, 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 and wood. <laughs> But yeah, there, there you go. There you go, folks. This is what y'all signed up for when you started listening to Storage Jazz. 
You feel that way because of the arrow. I should have told you, but your eyes are too narrow. <laughs> okay, okay, says Grum. Do you have a riddle? Are we? Can we just go through? What's the deal? Yeah, do you guys have like another clue? Because so far what we got is hairball, and I think we already know that what we're looking for is a cat. So that wasn't entirely helpful, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we got another riddle for you, but this one is a riddle for two. The other suit of armor chimes in. Oh, and that hairball you have isn't from a cat. It's from something much larger. Something real fat. Oh, is is that the riddle? Graham, I got this one. Um, so if that's the riddle, I think the answer is the enormous round fuzzy thing that gave us the hairball in the last room. <laughs> Arrowed, the arrowed suit of armor says, no, 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 that's not the riddle. I'll tell you one, but you both have to stand in the middle. And I sort of a round uh, altar rises up slightly from the middle with two sets of footprints in the center. And Buzzy and Graham look at each other and then step up onto the altar into place where the footsteps are. And as soon as they do, they can't hear one another. Ooh. They can see each other and they can see each other moving, but they, they can't hear each other anymore. And the two suits of armor grin. And the way only suits of armor can. <laughs> By slightly adjusting the, the face it's visor so that the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. slit underneath the visor makes a, makes a little like crescent shape. The non-arrowed, <laughs> the non-arrowed suit of armor looks up at Graham and, and she says, My riddle for you is more long than it is true. It's about a great spectacle. Scratch that, not rhyming with spectacle. It's about a great party, something that to attend would seem foolhardy. <laughs> you want me to do the other, the other yeah, one? Yeah, I do the other one. Do these riddles have to be related to one another or no? Yeah, I've, or no, not at all. doesn't matter. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. Is it, yours is a, uh, long, wait, can, can you say again, long, but... <laughs> Longer than it is true, and then a party that to attend would seem foolhardy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... And at the same time, the arrow-headed suit of armor says to Buzzy, My riddle for you is simple. I'm hard as steel, but I got a dimple. <laughs> See, we've made it so hard for ourselves. Really Love quick, it. Meta, it's so great. We not so only... <laughs> created a mini story where we have to speak in rhyme we but also come up with riddles that we have to solve ourselves how the fuck are we gonna do that on the fly oh oh i don't know oh my god it's amazing this is amazing okay okay back in back in also you're voicing the character talking to Graham, and i'm voicing the character talking to buzzy so we have to do each of our parts individually I love it. It's amazing. Okay. Um, Graham goes, okay. Um, party, attending, foolhardy, not true, lying, party. Um, is it, she's thinking through, thinking through, uh, is it a, a, a bachelor party? You lie about what you do, you foolhardy to attend? 
and the suit of armor creaks and goes, that was faster than I thought. But will your brother have the same luck? Will he untie his knot? And Graham looks around and says, how you doing, buddy? But Buzzy can't hear her. He just sees her lips moving, nods and focuses. Okay, hard as steel, but you've got a dimple. And he turns around and looks at the other suit of armor and, and, and notices another trait by which we are able to distinguish between the two. <laughs> One was killed by an arrow in the visor, but the other suit of armor, or whoever once wore it, <laughs> was defeated by a club just crushing their chest. Right in the sternum. And yeah, there's a big, big dent in the uh, breastplate. And Buzzy turns back around, giving the suit of armor a confident grin. It's your friend, right? Congratulations, little one. It looks like this time we've been outdone. And with that, the sound barrier drops. All of the sconces and chandeliers flicker, and the two siblings can hear each other once again. Buddy, how you doing? <laughs> Good? You all right? He didn't hurt you? Nothing? No, you, you saw everything that was going on, right? I'm fine. Yeah, I... Okay. My riddle was really hard, by the way, but I figured it out quick, you know. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of you. All right, let's... Uh, and Graham looks back and forth between the, the grinning suits of armor, and she says, all right, let's, let's get going then. But the, but the arrow-headed armor interrupts. Wait before you go. There's one more thing for you to know. And each of the ar- suits of armor open their visors... And out float two little white <laughs> objects. Float two little white. <laughs> that are very, very strange at first. But then as they float closer to Buzzy and Grem, they can tell that they are claws. Two little cat claws that have been removed from some poor cat's little toe beans. I... Uh- both of these siblings cup their hands and catch the ephemeral claws in them where they materialize. Um, and uh, Grem opens up her pocket again and they, and they both drop them in there and head for the door. All right, buddy, I think we're, I think we're getting closer. Okay. Um, thanks for the riddle, you two. And Buzzy pushes on the door, which opens just as easily as the last. And as if transported, they're out of the dungeon and... Onto a parapet, a windy, rainy, stone-covered walkway marked on either side by large stone walls. The wind is blowing so hard it feels difficult to stand for a small sandwich with high wind resistance. (laughs) But Grem provides some support. Thunder rumbles, and suddenly the gust becomes even stronger and pushes them back. The doors slam behind them, and Sandwich and Gremlin alike are thrust against the wood as some mighty force descends upon them from the heavens. It bursts through the clouds, somewhere between a snake and a... And a tapir. And a tapir. (laughs) (laughs) This absurd creature lowers itself in front of them. And it isn't a a snake with a face of a tapir. It's more like a tapir's body with a large snake tail and a large snake neck coming out of either end. 
and the tail and neck wobble back and forth to propel it through the air, <laughs> despite the fact that it does not have wings. It just slithers in on the wind. The snake pier <laughs> slithers down to meet them, and its large uh, face rises in front of our heroes, snorting a puff of wind that pushes them against the wall once again. And it says... We, wait, can I do a voice for it? Sure. Uh, I want to do a voice that I could do again. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to not do a voice that ruins my trachea forever. Or, or, or do um, a voice that I can never re- replicate ever again. It's just this golden moment that will so, never return to you. Um, so you've made it this far. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it, where we're at now. <laughs> That's the voice we're doing, Is folks. It, it's time for my riddle to raise the bar. <laughs> Buzzy and Graham exchange a worried look. You wish you knew where the kitten was, but but you haven't considered a kitten's flaws. Kittens, a kitten's flaws, Buzzy. Kitten's flaws. But they go, kittens they don't have flaws. They're kittens. Right? Well, okay. We have two claws and a hairball in my pocket. Those are things that, like, are are, are annoying about cats, right? How they have claws. How dare you say that? Okay, you know, bear with me. Nothing's Buzzy. annoying about cats. Buzzy, bear with me here. People get annoyed sometimes. There are people in the world. I know you've not very met very many people because you're stuck in our house all the time and it's a pandemic, but some people get annoyed with cats because of hairballs, because of claws. I got it. W- what else? One piece of the riddle yet remains to be unveiled, says the, te- the snake peer. <laughs> our, our to date best character um, unveiled one piece of the riddle remains to be unveiled uh, before through this door you shall be able to have sailed <laughs> <laughs> and as that, was, snake that one was a bit of a that one was a bit of a stretch yeah, too that was a bit of a stretch not, not my best but um, you should—you you really don't want to hear all the rest. <laughs> uh, the 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 fourth the third door with the great room Roman numeral three rises from below the snake pier and and you know places itself on the parapets in front of Buzzy and Grim, ready to be simply walked through. Okay, buddy, come on, think of what what do you cats do? <laughs> what, what, just, just, just walk me through it. Help me think, buddy. What do? You, just tell me all the things cats just do. Just walk you, walk you through it. Right, Graham. I think maybe I got it. And Buzzy steps forward and places a hand on the door and opens it, about to go through. Hey, wait! You can't go through. My riddle needs an answer, and you need a clue. <laughs> awesome. I think this already is the clue. Says Buzzy. Or is it? He opens the door and steps through it with one foot. Beyond the door is nothing, it's just the parapet. But he stands inside the door, looking out at the snake pier, and then looks back at Graham with a smile, hoping that what she'll you, understand what he means. What, do you, I, what are you doing, buddy? I, 
Buzz? I'm going outside. Or maybe I'm not, you know? Like, I can't decide, like, if I want to go through the door. <laughs> like, I wanted to go through the door this whole time, but then once the door is here, I can't, I don't actually go. Okay, we've got some of a sort of paradox here, because we actually do want to, okay, wait, wait, let me just, no, and but... <laughs> and uh, Graham looks up at the, at the snake pier, and she says, is it indecision? The snake fear says, and then thinks for a moment about what might rhyme with ga. Ah! <laughs> laments. <laughs> You've solved my riddle so quickly. It makes me feel weak and sickly. And then the snake peer hangs its head and brings it back up a moment later and says, So maybe you've proved that you know cats so well. Can you now... Bring back kitten in time for the bell. And suddenly another object rises from the clouds and it's like a bell tower or like the cutoff top part of a bell tower with a clock that is, you know, right before midnight and a bell that is ready to toll. Buzzy, is that is that new? I, I don't remember a I don't remember a bell tower when we first arrived. Buzzy is now standing in the doorway, but the other side of the doorway has shifted. It's no longer the rest of the parapet. It's now a new room. And Buzzy looks at Graham and shrugs, and as Graham nods, he steps through the room and inside this other room. Graham walks by the the perch that the snake pier was once on. And as she walks, she steps in something gross and and sticky and sees a little pool of cat puke on the ground. (laughs) And she goes, oh, please tell me this isn't, please tell me. And she like looks over the edge of the parapet. Hey, this isn't the clue, right? I don't have to put this in my pocket. Snake pier. I know you're out there. You're just thinking of a good rhyme. The snake here goes, um... Don't worry! You'll be finished with this quest soon! Here, I'll help you! Have this spoon! And down from the heavens <laughs> comes, the, comes the snake peers, like, arm. <laughs> little hooked. Or little no, hooked. it's it's little tapir, it's little, it's little tapir, like, nose that is, you know? Yeah. As holding a spoon. Uh, or, or it's little tapir nose, like, sucks up, bunches up, and then goes, patooey, <laughs> and spits a spoon at at Grem's feet. Grem, Grem catches the spoon and, with disgust on her face, scoops the cat puke into her pocket. <laughs> and then quickly follows through the door after her little brother. Muttering to herself, <laughs> God, I'm glad this is just virtual. When she enters the room behind Buzzy, she sees that... They're no longer on the parapet or the dungeon anymore. They're in a dry, wooded room with a staircase along the side, wrapping around and around, higher and higher and higher, up into the darkness, where they can hear the grinding of gears. It's a clock tower. Buzzy has already practiced climbing steps as a sandwich, luckily, so he's just flying up. Um, and Graham Hey, hold up, buddy, buddy, hold up, wait, we got another... Right buddy. behind him. Ooh, buddy, 
Buddy, I don't know why I'm panting. This is virtual, but come on, slow down, buddy. Buzz. Buzzy stops at the stop, uh, at the top of the stairs, Whew. and Graham catches up with didn't him. Didn't you wanna? Didn't you wanna see the last clue? Oh yeah, sure. It was a little pool of of cat puke, and I know you said that everything kittens do is is cute, but I had to scoop cat puke into my pocket. Wow, gross! That makes two things, two two of three clues now are things that cats like vomit out. <laughs> yeah, and the I mean. Some people don't like hairballs, I guess. Some people don't like the little claws. Some people don't like that they puke. I think I, there's a trend here, right? Their their indecision is annoying. That there's a there's a trend. Maybe what did what did the princess actually say at the beginning? Buzz, do you remember? Flashback. We see Buzzy and the princess, and the princess says. Will you find Mr. Mittens? He's my favorite kitten. And back to now. So with that great flashback, I don't know how you triggered that. That was great. Yeah, um, I got a <laughs> premium subscription. <laughs> oh, fuck it up. Um, maybe the kitten isn't lost like we thought. I mean, the princess wants us to find the kitten, but she doesn't. she didn't actually say the kitten was lost. Yeah, I guess so. But where could it be? Well, not where, but why? Maybe the kitten, and to interrupt her, <laughs> the gong of a bell rings above them, deafening them for a moment as it just clang, Boom. clang, clang, Boom. back and forth. And an ominous voice rings out through the bells. Um, time's up, players. Were you able to unravel the layers of the riddles that were beset upon you? Uh, if not, that sucks. If yes, good on you. <laughs> okay, um, all right, Buzzy, my, my theory is, I, just a minute, uh, big bell voice, just a minute. Okay, Buzz. You may answer... If you figured it out, if not, this world will spit you back out. Okay, okay. Uh, a few minutes. Okay, Um. so maybe, so if the, if the kitten isn't lost, you follow me, Buzz? Yeah. If the kitten isn't lost and all of the clues are about things that are annoying about kittens. Yeah. Maybe the princess just got annoyed with her cat. Wait. And... Wait, but she said it was her favorite kitten. Yeah, but, you know, people throw away things that are their favorite sometimes. It's, maybe this is about responsibility. Okay. It's about caring for things even when they're sometimes annoying. And Graham looks at her little brother. <laughs> and Buzzy, totally oblivious to this, looks back at her, <laughs> nodding intently. So maybe the kitten isn't in this world at all. Maybe she threw the kitten out? Is that what you're saying? Or she just needs to show the kitten love and forgiveness, and the kitten will be there for her. I'm proud of you two. You've mastered the clues. What that that was that was it? Yeah, that that was that was it? 
That was the mystery. What about the kit? Where's the kitten? Most players don't do the riddles. Just slay the riddle givers instead. I'm proud that you didn't, but the greatest challenge still lies ahead. And suddenly, Grem and Buzzy are sucked up into the opening in the center of the bell, sucked up into br in a, into a world of just brass colors, go through this tunnel of metal, you know, flying through this virtual world until finally they're spit back out at the start of the world. Who knows what that sounds like? And they thump, thump onto the stone floor where the princess is standing at the door that Buzzy and Grem originally came through into this world. And she's looking out into this white space, you know, not the infamous uh, nether world <laughs> known as the checker space, but, you know, the white space that is outside the bounds of the world, of the quest world. And they're on the immaterial floor a few meters away from the door is a little black cat with white mittens on each of its paws looking toward the princess in a mix of confusion and apprehension as the princess insists what is it now outside or inside you can't just sit there mr mittens you must decide i ukram looks at Buzzy and she she leans over to him and she says, tell her, tell her about love. Tell her about what love means. Oh, I, but don't you think, Graham, that, like, don't you think that maybe you would know better how to tell her that? I don't think it's about telling somebody about love better, buddy. I think that it's about understanding how someone feels. And I know you love kittens. <laughs> so I know when you go up and talk to her, she'll feel that too. You share that love. And Buzzy's worried sandwich face relaxes into a somewhat more confident face and he nods as best as a sandwich can and takes a deep breath and walks up to the princess. All right, give me the princess's voice, because I want to do the princess here. I think the princess's voice is something like this. I think the princess It's vaguely like British. This. It's higher and British. She speaks like a little miss. Oh, you there. I see you finished the quest. What did you think of my little test? It was um kind of a lot of unnecessary steps, Buzzy says, but uh, I'm used to those. I think I understand now why Mr. Mittens won't come back to you. Oh, you've come back with an answer for me. Is it just that I have to give Mr. Mittens a treat? And she rolls her eyes. No, Buzzy says. No, um, look, why do you want Mr. Mittens to come back? Because he's so cute, obviously. And he's my favorite kitten. And he means so much to me. Right. I mean, he does mean a lot to you, right? I can tell. And and if you really love him, then you're gonna have to accept that he's not perfect. 
I'm sure that your parents, the king and queen or whatever, you know, just got you this kitten without teaching you that kittens aren't necessarily as easy as the storybooks and Instagram posts might make them seem. <laughs> they poop and they puke and a lot of the time they don't know if they want to be outside or inside. But, um... He looks back at Grim for support, but she just nods to him and, and he keeps talking and says, I just think that if you can accept the things that annoy you about your kitten and show them that you still accept and and love them, then they can accept and love you too, even if you're not perfect either. And she says, Why, you're pretty smart for a little guy. I guess I could give that a try. (laughs) And Grab goes, Oh, good, thank goodness. And she walks over, she opens her pocket, and she, (laughs) in the outstretched hand of the princess, dumps a pile of puke, a wet hairball, and two claws. And the princess looks at this disgusted, and Grum is like, "I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, you can't, you can't imagine how relieved I am that we got through this and actually did the riddles, Buzzy. Because um, the other way to do these quests is to fight all these characters, like as bosses. So you know, Ceiling Dangler, that's a tier three boss, and then uh, we had uh, double suits of armor, really tough guys. Those are really tough to beat, and a snake peer. Like I, I don't know anybody who's beaten a snake peer." And then, so you, Princess, you're you're probably like level 70, right? 69, nice. <laughs> I won't explain that joke twice. Yeah, and since we were on difficulty level six, you know, we pretty much would have died. So just, you know, be happy that you can keep your sandwich, Avatar. <laughs> Buzzy looks at um, her just like, like, like kind of disconcerted. Like, died? <laughs> Do we die in real life if we die in the game? No, I already explained that, buddy. You're, you're not going to die in real life, but... Still, try to avoid dying, please. It's it's unpleasant. And so with a hand full of gross cat residue, the princess turns to Mr. Mittens, the cat sitting outside in the white space, and goes, Mr. Mittens, I'm sorry I was rude. I guess my definition of love was misconstrued. That's not the right usage of the word misconstrued. <laughs> it's close. Yeah, it's close enough. Um, Please return to me if you're willing to do so. I'll give you some pets and... Make you hot cocoa. Make you hot cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> and the kitten answers. I was, thinking, I was thinking the same thing. Deep voice, go. I've already forgiven you, my favorite princess. All I wanted was love. No more and no less. The kitten makes a few tiny inaudible steps over the white space and then leaps through the door and into the princess's arms. Those sticky, gooey, disgusting items disappear as the quest is fulfilled. <laughs> they, they absorb back into the cat. They absorb back into the cat and the cat yawns and looks up at Grem and says, I'm level 1003, by the way. Thanks for doing my quest. Now have a good day. And a little click is audible around the room, and the door that they came into opens again. And in front of it hangs the small scroll that was once affixed to the outside, but it's glowing as the world starts to swirl and fade behind them.
Graham and Buzzy take each other's hands and walk through. And as they pass through the scroll, they gain an incredible amount of experience for doing a really, really difficult quest, even though they were way underleveled. <laughs> and as they zoom through the white space, the world of Mr. Mittens the cat receding into the distance, into nothingness, along with its <laughs> dangling ceiling head and the animated armor, which was actually the least weird thing in this whole adventure, and the snake and the fear, snake the fear. flying snake fear. Uh. Buzzy looks up at Grem and says, I'm starting to understand how awesome this is. Thanks for showing me this world where anything's possible, sis. Did you just, did you just rhyme? <laughs> I think you're going to fit in just fine. Do you think bumblebees are called bumblebees because they're just not very good at being bees? No, I think it's because of their way is moving around. They do they do bumble about. They run into they, stuff. They, they really get drunk bumble. on honey and they just sort of like they get drunk know, on honey. They get drunk on honey and they just sort of wander around and bump into stuff. And, and wait, so you're telling through. me that bumblebees are just perpetually drunk species of bees? Well, actually, I don't think they're drunk on honey. They're drunk on pollen, probably. Yo, or, or sugar. Or so sugar, this is probably. like Dionysus' spirit animal. Yeah, but we don't use spirit animal, right? Because that implies a culture okay, that sorry. we're... Yes. Sorry, I wasn't aware of that. Dionysus' Patronus. There we go. This is, di- this is Dionysus' Patronus. <laughs> okay. <sighs>